Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about pre-construction meetings with the help of special guest Chris Peterson of Schlegel Design Build. Along with Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Remodeling is about relationships almost more than anything else. And uh, the initial relationships obviously is the sales design relationship uh, with the client. This is built over months of time uh, where they discuss budget, they're in the client's home, they do all kinds of things and they get to be pretty good friends, if you will, during that time. A lot of information is exchanged, a lot of written documents, and one of the other things that I think is a key thing for everyone to remember is there's a lot of expectations that are generated. Some of them are generated from sales and some of them are just expectations that the client is dreaming up. And so what happens when we turn it over to the production team? So that's what we're talking about today. So casual observation tells us that Clients get really excited at the beginning of a project. They, they feel in many cases like, wow, this is going to be great. It's going to be over really quickly and feel very little pain. And then during the process, there's a lot of things that happen that make the clients or move the clients from this really excited uh, for us to start atmosphere to really excited for us to get out of there. So, one of the critical steps in helping to mitigate that is the transfer of relationship from sales to the production team. Now done well, this frees up the design sales team to move on to other projects and then get those ready uh, to go into production. Done poorly, it creates confusion for the client, a lot of chaos in the company and generally a bad experience for everybody. Chris Peterson from Schlegel Design Remodel in Kansas City is here to help us through the fog. Tim, just a few questions. Okay. Uh, in your experience, what are some of the things that are covered in the pre-construction meeting? Well, really, uh, there's all kinds of stuff that's covered. We'll get Chris's uh, input on that in just a second. But the thing that I want to really reemphasize is the idea that the client has developed expectations. And this is the place where the production team sort of brings us back to earth. When I was a production manager, we would literally tell the client something's going to go wrong and we know it will. And, <laughs> and you know, you kind of go like, well, you don't want to say that to the client, but that really what we did, we, we made sure they understood that whatever their expectations were, we were trying to reset those to reality. Good. Well, let's jump to it. Chris Peterson, Vice President of Production and co-owner of Schlegel Design Remodel, one of the premier remodeling contractors in Kansas City. Chris started working in new construction when he was in high school. He started his career in remodeling with Schlegel over 21 years ago as a carpenter and moved his way to project manager and then production manager and is now VP of Production and co-owner as of January 1st, 
2018. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, Chris, first of all, congratulations for staying with one company for so many years and moving through the ranks. That's uh, pretty much unheard of in many places. Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's 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 a great company to work for. Uh, Jake has set out a, a clear culture, and it's it's one that I feel like I fit well with. So uh, it's been easy. It's, it's, it's not work. Okay, terrific. So the pre-construction meeting, what what is your goal when you guys have a pre-construction meeting with a client? What what are you trying to get out of that meeting? Sure. Yeah. It's it's first and foremost clear expectations. Um, who's doing what? Whose whose roles? Uh, who do we contact when for for each instance? Um, letting the client know that they are a part of this team and that they have a role in this. But you hit on a couple of things there in the intro. Uh, you, you mentioned relationship. It's, it's about relationships. Um, up to this point, our design consultant has the relationship with the client. And this is a, a point of clear delineation that, okay, it's been in design up till now and we're passing the baton and now it's being handed off to the production team. Uh, and it's, it's, it's to start building the trust with the production side of the company at that point. That's incredible. So you, you mentioned trust. So just maybe in a nutshell, what are some of the things that you do that are that you think are key to shifting that trust over to the client or to the to the production team? Sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, finding something that, that the production team can ask about that's particular to the job. Maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, hey, I, I noticed on the plans that you, you show we're going to open this um, this doorway into a wider case opening, but it looks like there's an HVAC register there, and I didn't see that in the contract. You know, this is a chance now for the client to realize that, hey, you've looked at the plans, you know the scope of work, uh, you, you, you know, this project is, is serious to you. Um, and oh, by the way, maybe we caught a, de- a detail here that, that was overlooked. Okay, so even, so even bringing up some of the things that might have been overlooked shows some expertise on the part of the production team that builds some trust with the client. Sure. And, and maybe it's a case where I already know the HVAC register has is, is been addressed, but it's, again, it's, uh, it's just a chance to, 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 to earn that trust. But I think just the bonding and rapport piece is important also. First impressions, you know, find a common tie. You walk up to the driveway and you see that they're a, a KU fan and, and you are as well, or, or vice versa. They're, they're an MU, a Missouri fan. And you say, oh, this isn't going to go very well, you know? <laughs> Something small like that to find a common tie, I think, helps with that. And first impressions are huge. So do you guys actually talk about some of that before you get to the pre-construction meeting so that your lead carpenter or your project manager is up to speed on who these people are? Yes. Yeah, that's one week before the pre-construction meeting on the site, we have our package handoff here at our office. And that's that's really the first time that the production team gets a glimpse of the of the project. And at that meeting is another chance for the design consultant to pass on any um, maybe quirks of that client or, you know, it's, it's okay, they, they have pets and these are like their children. So that's, that's going to be critical. Or, you know, this house is like a museum. It's going to be the cleanest place you've ever seen. So uh, Mrs. Smith is clearly concerned about that. So that's something that the production team can, can hit on. That's, that may be a pain point of theirs. And then we can lead in with how much plastic we're going to put up and the dust barriers and, you know, all those kinds of things. Sure. So one of the things that I like to do in in some of these new ideas for companies is help contrast between what was it, 
what was it like before you did this? Or maybe you've always done this. I don't know. But can you give paint a picture for us of how it might have been at Schlegel uh, Remodel, you know, before you went to all this trouble of having this meeting and then what changed as a result of that? Sure. Yeah. You know, Tim, we've done these meetings as long as I can remember, but but they have, they have changed though. They've, they've evolved because part of the point here is, is for us to establish ourselves as the the professionals. This, this is what we do. We've done this for 38 years. So we know the the pitfalls and the potential issues that arise and and really our four page checklist, our pre-con checklist is, is a list of, of things that have gone wrong over the years. That's why they're on the list. We know this is a potential issue. You know, we talk about communication and restrooms. What restroom are we going to use? And oftentimes, you know, the client laughs, but, just, <laughs> you know, let, let's pick one restroom in the home uh, or we're happy to set a porta potty. But, you know, hours of operation, all of these things, let's discuss these early, set clear expectations uh, so we're all on the same page. Um, but as far as the change in it, it's so over the years, it's evolved. Uh, our, our system has changed with. Uh, maybe the points of contact. So communication we hit is the first point. Uh, years ago, that was done through a job site uh, binder. So we, that was in the verbiage. We're going to put a job site binder a notebook here in your house, and that's the way for you to communicate. Write a note each evening. Right. The next morning, the lead carpenter will read the note, call you if they need to. But some of this is back, you know, before cell phones and, and before email and before text. <laughs> So now this, the verbiage has been updated for, for today's uh, communication. Um, and again, as things arise that we realize are issues now that weren't 15, 20 years ago, we add those to the, the, the job site checklist, the pre-con checklist. So Chris, something comes up during the pre-construction meeting. What is the protocol uh, of change? If, it's, if you notice that something needs to change in the scope or price or what, what happens there? Well, if it's if it has to do with scope or price, that's is still more of a function of the designer, uh, the sales team. Um, but it's it's discussed. It's proactive. You know, if the client at that meeting says, "Oh, hey, I know we didn't talk about this before, but the powder bath, we we'd like to paint that." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it goes on the notes from the pre-construction meeting, but then the ball is back in the designer's court to uh, price that project, get a change order approved, and and get it back then to the production team. So um, who, who's involved in the meeting? And then I guess one of the things that I like to do is, is say, what would be a marker that the meeting was a success? Is it just success to kind of get through the notes? Or is there something that when you walk away from that, you go, that was really good. Or you walk away and you say, uh, we better do something else to make sure that this relationship is built. Is there anything in there that you kind of see as the marker? Sure. So as far as who participates, uh, it's the lead carpenter, uh, the project manager, the design consultant, and then the client. And and ideally, it's both, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but oftentimes it's just Mrs. Smith. But they, they are more successful if all parties are involved. So everybody's in the rooms hearing the same thing at the same time. Um, and as far as what makes it a success, I think there are probably varying levels of, of success. Some of it is to feel confident that when we leave there, uh, we have started off the relationship on the right foot and we feel confident that the client does trust us and um, feels comfortable with us coming in their home. And some of that you can read through body language or you know, if, if by the end of this meeting, they're still hesitant to give us the front door key, there's something wrong. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so, um, but so there's, there's a level of confidence gained there and, and trust and starting the relationship, but also if people are engaged and will listen to what we have to say about this, and it's, it, it's, it's not just them listening, but a two way conversation that helps. Another piece of this is we always email this out the week before our meeting so that ideally the client has already read through it and we're not starting from scratch. The perfect meeting to me is when you sit down and they've got little notes scribbled off to the side and they already have it printed off and we don't even have to give them our copy because then it goes pretty quickly. So you actually send them like an agenda for the meeting a week ahead? Yes. Yeah, they get our four-page pre-construction checklist uh, beforehand and you know we get a little bit of everything some folks say oh no I didn't even get that or you know <laughs> yeah I got it but I didn't read it you know there's a little right. bit of everything but if they've already kind of flipped through it it's it, it makes it easier to go through and then they already know maybe they're they're sticking points um, you know they the first three things I hit they, they don't have any questions but the fourth one they've got some notes there so um, but but having that interactive piece of it you know, this is when we're in these people's homes, it's a huge intrusion and they should take it seriously as well. So I really like it when the clients have read over this beforehand. Now we know they're engaged, they're doing their part. Those are the clients that are probably going to be on tune with us when we say, Hey, I need a, a paint color by next Thursday. They're going to be ready right. for that. I need, a, I need a grout color by next Friday. They're engaged and they, they know that they have a role in this and, and that they need to help us move this project forward. Okay. Since this is all audio that we're, we're working with here, um, go down through that agenda that you have and give us maybe the top three things that you think are not like standard. Like you've been around this industry for a while and a lot of people do pre-construction meetings. And if they're listening to this, they might go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring. What would be like three things if two or three that you go like, this is something we do that might not be what everybody else does. And it really helps us have a great meeting. Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, I, I think uh, th three bullet points as I look at the agenda that I think are important, not not to how that meeting itself goes, but setting up the you know progress uh, of the rest of the job would be progress meetings. One of the things we do is weekly progress meetings on site, and we like the entire team to be there, the lead carpenter, the project manager, the design consultant, and the client. And oftentimes the client kind of pushes back and says, ah, we're gonna, we'll be living here. We'll see it every day. We know what's going on. We don't need to be here, you know, Wednesdays at noon with you and your team. But it's a great opportunity for, to, to make sure everybody's on the same page. And even the meetings that we go to, that there's nothing on the agenda. And half the team says, do we even need to meet? We can, I think we get as much out of those as the ones that the agenda is two and a half pages long. Because just walking through the site, uh, inevitably a question will come up and Sometimes they're pivotal. I mean, it may be that you're walking through and the, the client says, well, when are you going to run the crown molding in, in this room? And you say, not only are we not going to do that, but this room's already painted. We're done with this room. <laughs> so that's one big thing. Um, another big thing is, is that the, at the end of our checklist is, is what we call the remodeling fever. And it's, it's, a, it's a graph and it, there are different phases of uh, happiness, essentially. And it's happiness is on the left side of the graph and the length of the job is across the bottom. And it sort of shows that here's where you are today, folks, and, and you're happy, right? But <laughs> even better, next week when we start, you'll be even more excited. And then from, it's, it's kind of downhill. We're going to tear into your house payment and some trades. Uh, and then, then we're going to sand drywall. And it's just miserable. We're, we've been in your house for a few weeks, maybe even a few months. 
and now we just the dust is is, is out of is out of hand. Uh, but then you can see here you're, you're on an uptick, and then we, we start trimming and uh, getting prepared for the painters. And then we're going to take a, a dip again, and the painters are going to put the plastic back up, and they're going to for a week, and they're going to sand, and the dust is going to fly. Uh, and then from there, it's 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 the fun stuff, the eye candy. You know, we're going to get the flooring in, and uh, you know, start putting the knobs on the cabinets, and and get to punch list and. And if you could see our curve here, the, one of the things that I think is the most important is, is where, where we finish is, is they're happier than where we started. <laughs> they, you know, it, 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 it's going to be a challenge getting through this, but, but it is worth it. It's, it's everybody who laughs at this and says, oh, come on. No, it's, this isn't true. But it gives our client a way to come to us when they are at that point. And they can say, you know what? And they, if we didn't go through this, they, they wouldn't know that it was coming or want to say anything to us. This opens the door for them to come and go, you were right. You said I'd be miserable, and I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it, it almost sounds counterintuitive that you're telling the clients that there's going to be this is going to be rough, yeah, in in some points, and and then, but it basically is managing their expectations as you go along. Exactly, that's exactly it. And and what did I say what was my comment with what they start with? You were right. This is this is us saying we get this. This is what we do. Right. Um, but also imagine how much worse this would be if we didn't do dust protection and floor protection and all these things that, that we do above and beyond. So um, it is real. It does help set that expectation, and it also allows the client. It's okay for them to be frustrated throughout this process. Um, you know, this almost gives us permission to tell them it's okay to get upset. Like we get that. So. Um, other than kind of being there, is there a specific role for the client? I mean, obviously reading your agenda ahead of time is what you're trying to get them to do. Do they have any other role in this meeting other than just getting information from you? Yes. I, I mean, I think a lot of it, again, is, is their engagement. If they, the folks that just kind of aren't paying attention, you know, some folks kind of read ahead. They're about three bullet points ahead. And, and I think that's them letting, trying to acknowledge that they get it. And, and sometimes I feel like they don't. So, you know, this is now I've only known you folks for 20 minutes. So I feel awkward saying, stop, ma'am. I really need to go through this list. <laughs> but sometimes you have to do that and just say, look, this is going to make this project go more smoothly. I know, again, I'll hit on the things. We've been doing this a long time. Right. Our, 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 our history shows us that if we have a really good uh, meeting here and get through these points and, and, and everybody understands where we are, things are going to go more smoothly from here on. So do the, do each of your team members have a different role or is like one person, the spokesperson and then the lead carpenter. And let's just say the designer just kind of sit there. Do, do different people do different things in the meeting or? Yes, and, and it's funny because that sort of depends on the person also. Um, we've got a couple of designers that, that really want to run that meeting themselves. Um, we've got a couple of designers that, that don't want to have anything to do with that meeting <laughs> based upon personalities and who's comfortable speaking and whatnot. But right. on the production side of it, we prefer to run that meeting. We feel like that's a visible, we're in control of this now. Yes, the relationship has been with, with our design consultant to this point, but it's now officially going to production. So here, here we go. And as far as that goes, generally the uh, project manager reads through the list and the lead carpenter has another list of the bullet points and takes notes. So communication is our first, first bullet point. He has a blank agenda that says communication and he's going to write down notes when it gets to what's the garage door code or, you know, what's the dog's name and those kinds of things. The lead is taking those notes so that they know what's going on. And the uh, design consultant at that point is more there 
maybe to clarify points or, you know, sometimes as you're a third party to a conversation, you can see that one party isn't clear on what another party said. They can kind of step in there, interject, or they know that client. When we get to cleanliness, they may say, now I know, Judy, that this is really important to you. So these, you know, I already told these guys that, that your, your cleaning lady is still going to come on Thursday afternoons and we need to be you know, prepared for that and those kinds of things. Chris, are there numbers shared at any of these progress meetings? Any budget numbers discussed? Um, at, so that you're talking about at the weekly job site yeah. meetings? Yep. Um, yes and no. I mean, it's everybody there is privy to those numbers. It's uh, change orders are discussed. That's one of the agenda items on the, the weekly job site meeting. Um, but oftentimes that's sort of taken sidebar. You know, it may be that it's on the agenda and the production team says, uh, you know, at the agenda item, I know we have a few change orders. You know, uh, Donna, did, did you bring a change order with you today? And mm -hmm. yes. Okay. You guys can discuss that after this meeting, that kind of a thing. Got it. Okay. So Chris, so we're going to start wrapping this up here. Um, I got two, uh, two other questions or one question and then just some, some nugget stuff, but do you do this for every single project? I mean, I know you have a pretty big company, a lot of work going on and it just seemed like there might be a place where you said, well, we don't need to do this for this job or something like, is, is does that ever happen? Well, so yeah, we have a, we have a handyman division and they'll do over 500 jobs in a year. And oh, wow. some of those, some of those jobs are two, three, four hours. A job like that, we don't, I mean, we don't sit down and spend an hour on a pre-con on a job like that. So to answer your question, no, not all of our jobs have a pre-con, but all of the jobs that go through the design remodel division or the express custom kitchen and bath division, those jobs have to have a pre-con. And, and it's funny that you asked because we, we had a job here probably about two months ago and it was a small job. It doesn't, this, we don't need to do a pre-con. It's cabinet installation only. It's a, the client's building a new house for themselves and we're supplying and installing cabinets. What could go wrong? Right. And guess what? It went wrong. <laughs> we, we didn't have clear expectations. And uh, so the survey comes back after the job and it's, it's, it's horrible. And we go to the team and say, well, what do we do wrong? And just about every time we have an issue and we review it, we find out that we, we, we skipped a step in our process. And in this case, that's where I went to, you know, did we do a pre-con? No, we didn't. Th and that may not have solved it, Tim, right. but almost every time we have an issue, we, we have circumvented a step in our process. Right. Yeah. All right. So as we wrap things up here, uh, like I said, maybe there's a company out there that's doing pre-cons and uh, just needs to get them better, or maybe they're not doing them at all. But uh, what, one little nugget could you give us that might help somebody uh, either improve or just get going on it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's all goes back to setting clear expectations. It, it's really that easy. And, and you mentioned earlier, bring up the potential issues before their issues. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I, think that, I think that's important. But again, it's all about expectations. Sounds great. Thank you, Chris. Fantastic. Thank Thanks, Chris. So, Tim, this one was fantastic once again. Yes, and indeed. What I think is the most important is to remove surprises, to have those expectations set and to have that remodel fever or that emotional roller coaster listed and walking them through the project. Uh, I, you know, everybody is so excited at the beginning of the project. And I mean, first, if, if you're talking three months, two months, however long it is, but when you have two kids and you don't have a kitchen, I mean, it is one of the hardest things you can go through. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the what I think about is the fact that the sales process is what I call the dreaming phase, and and it's not bad to dream. It's good to dream, and they have a lot of fun doing that. 
and that this meeting helps the client get down to brass tacks in terms of it. It's not going to be a dream that we're going to make it as dreamlike as we can, but it's not going to be a, not going to be a dream. The, uh, the idea of sending out the agenda for the meeting a week ahead of time is fantastic. Yeah. I, you know, I keep telling people I've been doing this for 30 or 40 years, but I keep learning things. And I think that was the thing that I am just so psyched about. And I'm going to tell everybody in the country to do it (laughs) because uh, it is such a cool idea. Tell them what you're going to talk about. Let them see what's coming up. And then, like Chris said, the more engaged they are, they take notes, they process it and so forth like that. So that was a big thing. The other thing for me was one person going through the agenda and somebody else taking notes. Yeah. I just, I just thought that was a great idea. So that again, people may not believe it, but I'm, you can teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, another great show. Thank you again for listening to the Tim Fowler show. And remember we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.